0: This is the Pittsburgh CityCast with Tim Benz, presented by Bett Rivers.
1: Welcome to a Monday edition of the Pittsburgh CityCast. We are brought to you by, wait, let me check again. Brought to you by AccraSure. Yes, I know, renaming Hinesfield. AccraSure Stadium sucks, but hey, did you know Mike Tomlin's never had a losing season? I'm Tim Benz. If you bet on Akersher to be the new rights holder of Heinz Field, well, then I think you certainly would have gotten great odds and a very good payout. But for as mad as people are about the naming rights issue in Pittsburgh, I wish they'd be more upset about the team that plays in the stadium than the name of the team that's on the outside of it. Bitching about the name of the stadium is just one more distraction so people don't have to come to grips with the fact that the club is probably going to finish under 500 for the first time since 2003. People are so mad about this, I soon expect it to impact the gambling odds on the team. They've been holding steady at minus 360 against making the playoffs. It'll be at minus 400, by, or I don't know, 450 by the weekend. Bring back Chuke for and Daniel Moore at the tackle positions. No problem. We'll still make the playoffs. Change the name of the stadium, all hope is lost. See you at the draft. That's the mentality of the average Steeler fan right about now. Indeed, this is the Pittsburgh CityCast brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the app today or go to BetRivers.com. Swing for the fences on Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook this week when you make a first-time deposit using code DERBY on the Baseball Home Run Derby. Sign up is super easy with BetRivers Online Sportsbook app or visit BetRivers.com. Deposit $100 to receive a free BetRivers bet for home runs hit or deposit $250 and get the total home runs for the entire derby as a free BetRivers bet. This offer is valid July the 11th through July the 18th. So download the BetRivers Online Sportsbook app today and use code DERBY. When you make a first-time deposit, visit BetRivers.com to see all the latest odds, boosts, and promotions running this baseball season. Bet with the winner. Bet with BetRivers, presented by Rivers Casino Pittsburgh. Must be 21 gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. My Wimbledon bet paid off on Novak Djokovic, and that's good because Saturday was brutal for me baseball-wise. One of my worst baseball days in a while. The Pirates winning in Milwaukee twice over the weekend, beating Brandon Woodruff even didn't see that one coming at all. I felt like that one was going to be a lock against the Buckos. I'm looking to turn the page this week. Pirates get four in Miami and they caught a break in the sense that they missed Corbin Burns in Milwaukee and now they miss Sandy Alcantara. The Miami right-hander started Saturday and isn't slated to pitch again until Friday against the Philadelphia Phillies. During Sunday's 2-0 10-inning victory over the New York Mets, Alcantara Pitched seven innings of shutout ball. He's 9-3 and three with an ERA of 173. That's the third best in the majors. And a strikeout to walk ratio of 111 to 31. Houston's Frambert Valdez. He's the only pitcher with more quality starts in Major League Baseball than Alcantara. Alcantara has 14. Valdez has 15. Alcantara has pitched at least seven innings in each of his last 12 starts dating back to May the 11th. He leads Major League Baseball in innings pitched with 130.1. So keep all those numbers in mind the next time he takes to the mound. That'll be Friday, July the 15th against the Philadelphia Phillies at home in Miami. And then again, you would imagine in the All-Star game, Aaron Nola not pitching in that game against Alcantara, but he is pitching tonight. We'll get to that in just a second. But the Pirates are still plus 138 to win tonight. Why? Because it's bet against Mitch Keller Monday. That's why Trevor Rogers, 4-7 and seven with an ERA of 557 on the mound for Miami. Keller and the Pirates may actually be decent value tonight to win a third in a row. Keller was okay through four against the Yankees. Then he allowed two in the fifth and the two homers in the sixth. And then the floodgates open against the bullpen. 16-0 Yankees win it. Keller wasn't any good against the Nationals the start before that, but was okay against Tampa two starts ago. Who am I kidding? The Pirates are never good value with Keller pitching. They are just plus money against a pitcher with bad numbers in the other dugout. That's it. Play this one at your own risk. We do have a Mike Pursuta doubleheader today, though. Tigers and Royals. Watch to see who wins game one, then go the other way in game two. KC is a minus 139 favorite in the nightcap. Daniel Lynch, Alex Fado, that's the pitching matchup. Not exactly a stellar showdown or anything to sway the trend there in my eyes. Speaking of trends, I heard Andrew Filipponi, who broke the Heinz field news, by the way. Good job out of him. He had a great nugget on his weekend gambling show about the Baltimore Orioles. They are, in all situations, as a favorite, as a dog, they are the best team in Major League Baseball when it comes to beating the run line. So that's one to store in the back of your brain when betting on the Orioles. The best in baseball right now in covering the number against the run line. I think it's somewhere in the 60% range for the Orioles right now. I like the over in Boston and Tampa. It's only 8. Brian Bellow and Matt Whistler on the hill as an opener. The under is 7 in Braves versus Mets. I kind of like that. That's because Max Fried is against Max Scherzer. It's low, but I'll still take it. And I do like the under 7.5 with Aaron Nola and Miles Mikolas in St. Louis and Philadelphia. That's actually a home game for the Cardinals tonight. You can get the Cardinals as a home underdog with Mikolas pitching. Now that might be a good value. You really see that coalesce, those convergences of worlds. By the way, David Bednar is this year's Pirates representative for the Major League Baseball All-Star Game. The game is July the 19th at Dodger Stadium. The relief pitcher got word after Sunday's 8-6 win over the Milwaukee Brewers. Since Bednar is a Mars PA native, Bucks manager Derek Shelton expanded on the usual tradition of giving an All-Star bottle of champagne for the accomplishment. He threw in a 30-pack of Icy Light beer. Nothing like keeping it local, Derek. Bednar has 15 saves and 18 opportunities, four holes. His ERA is 2.63. He also has 55 strikeouts versus just 12 walks. That all looks really good on paper. But keep this in mind when you are live betting the Buckos and Bednar comes out on the hill in the ninth, or when he's on the hill in the All Star game for that matter. Things have been a struggle for Bednar lately. Back issues have been a problem. Plus, since June the 15th, he has blown two saves and he has seen his ERA jump. To 263 from 114. The right-hander came in for just an appearance on Sunday. The Pirates were up eight to four, so it wasn't a save opportunity. He gave up a two-run homer to former Pirate, Andrew McCutcheon, anyway. Pirates hold on to win eight to six, but it has been a bit of a grind lately for David Bednar. That was McCutcheon's eighth homer of the season, if you're keeping tabs on him in Milwaukee, as the Brewers continue to hold a a two-and-a-half game lead on the St. Louis Cardinals heading into activity today in Major League Baseball. All right, got some hockey coming up next. Mark Madden. It is a Madden Monday after all. And I have a two-pronged view of Chris Letang's new contract with the Penguins. For months, I've argued that the Penguins should use this offseason cap space to reconfigure the roster around Sidney Crosby, Jake Gensel, and Brian Russ through trades and free agency. If that meant letting Letang and Evgeny Malkin walk in free agency this summer, so be it. Thank them for all they've done to bring three cherished Stanley Cups to Pittsburgh and let them seek success elsewhere as the Penguins begin the next chapter of their existence in 2022-23. However, if the Penguins are committed to keeping their core together for the foreseeable future, then Letang's deal is good for both this season and beyond. At $6.1 million for a cap hit this year, and the next five thereafter, Latang is actually working reasonably cheap for a player that finished seventh in the Norris Trophy voting this year. And if the Penguins want to get out of the deal after the 2025 season when Crosby's contract is also up, it won't be as hard to do as some people expect. They can trade his contract with a draft pick to a team that Latang approves. They can pull an LTIR maneuver. They can buy him out for a year, whatever. The debate shouldn't be about what's happening six years from now. It should be about what will happen next spring in the playoffs. That's where the decision to keep Letang really ties into the decision to keep Malkin, and we'll discuss that next with Mark Madden of 105.9 The X and Trib Live Madden Monday next here on the Pittsburgh CityCast, brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the app today or go to betrivers.com. Bet Rivers Sportsbook is offering new customers a deposit match up to $250 when you sign up today. In addition to their welcome bonus, BetRivers has daily and ongoing promotions that can provide extra value. Download the BetRivers app or go to BetRivers.com today to sign up. Presented by Rivers Casino Pittsburgh Must-be-21 gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. A Mad Monday podcast brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the app today or go to BetRivers.com Tim Benz and Mark Madden from 105.9 The X. You can also read him at Trib Live four times a week. We'll start things off with hockey today, Mark, we'll start things off with Evgeny Malkin. Based on what you're hearing so far about contract talks between the two teams, what do you deem to be a fair offer to Malkin, and what do you think he should take?
0: Well, the one he's uh, allegedly getting is fair. Uh, three years at $6 million per. That's exactly what he should get. That parallels the remaining term of Sid's contract. I know Latang got more, but Latang is more dedicated to conditioning. He's a better bet to be a, a, a good player in the sixth year of his contract than Malkin would be in the third year of his. So I think the offer of Gino of three by six is more than fair, although I would go to four by five. You know, if that's what it takes to get it done, if he wants more term. But uh, Russ took less. Latang took less. Sid has always taken less. Gino's made more money over the last eight years than Sid has. I, 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 I really get almost angry that people say Gino's being disrespected. Far from it. The fact that he's even being offered three years after a second major knee surgery uh, just a little over a year ago says to how much they respect him and not vice versa. I
1: feel as if Mark, they are more or less pot committed now to bringing back the core and going one no question, you know, and and going one more year at least and and now looking at these contracts, three years probably. So I guess I've gone from open up the cap space, let the two of them go, rebuild with a future around Sidney Crosby, too. Well, I guess you got to bring back Malkin now because you took all the other steps,
0: so what else are you going to do? Well, put it this way, Tim. I disagree with the plan, but if that's their plan, they should execute it, and bringing back Malkin executes the plan. They're not going anywhere with this old core. Old players don't get better. Old teams don't win Stanley Cups. They'll make the playoffs. They'll beat the bejesus out of bad teams during the regular season. That's like Gino. I, I forget what the exact breakdown is, but an inordinate amount of his points came against rotten teams. But, you know, they can beat, you know, the, the dregs and make the playoffs and then lose in the first round, maybe win a series for a change, but that's the most we can hope for. But, but again, like you said, they're pot committed. If they think bringing back the core is the way to – still compete, then they should bring back the whole core.
1: Yeah, and it's funny, I, I said something very similar to what you just said there, Mark, about the Latang contract through the same lens, which is, I disagree with the plan, but if you're going to sign Latang, that was a really good contract to get Latang. Like, I yeah, like the contract uh, sure, better than sure I like the was. plan. You know what I mean? Does that make any sense? Well, so
0: not only that, but you've got to give Latang credit. Like I said, Russ took less, Latang took less, Crosby's always taking less. But the Latan contract, he left about ten million cash on the table. Like, like I think he could have got nine per times five years, which is forty five mil total. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like a, a little over eight million that he for sure that he left on the table, and he might have even got a little more than that. So I give I give him credit. I give the Penguins credit for getting it done. But now for Gino, and uh, you know i got to talk about the Rob Rossi article at the Athletic, which was just totally reflective of everything Gino's camp is complaining about. It was just a a long boo-hoo piece that I think hurt Gino's cause more than it helped. It made him look like a whiner and an ingrate. So, um, you know, I think Gino's been made a fair offer. If he doesn't take it, then he doesn't take it. But the Penguins won't be the bad guy, even though they will be the bad guy because the Gino maniacs and the, and a lot of the Penguin fans on Twitter, it's like it's like Malkins leading a cult. You know, with with the way he's being treated so badly. They gave Latang and Sid once and blah blah blah. But three times six is plenty, period.
1: And I think Latang does have a better upside in terms of his conditioning towards the back end of the deal, as you point out, and also say this, Mark. You know that
0: six-year deal with Latang. I mean, Latang has a better upside right now with his conditioning. I mean, Latang has a dedication to that end of it that Malkin has never had. And I don't
1: agree with people who are fretting about the back end of the Latang deal. If things go bad by year five or six, they can get out of those last two years. It's not as easy as football, but you can get out of a hockey deal late.
0: Yeah, I just think it's a great deal for the Penguins, and if, and I give LeTang credit for taking it. He did sacrifice, no question. Everybody involved to this point has sacrificed.
1: Mark, I didn't understand for a minute the conversation about Flurry coming back to Pittsburgh. I don't know why it lingered for as long as it did. And then I saw that he got $7 million over two. That's basically, well, that is what Jari is making against the cap. Were they thinking maybe trade Jari, get assets, and then sign Flurry for that exact same amount?
0: No, that was never considered. You don't think so? No, I know so. So
1: that was just, what, people trying to connect dots? Or maybe it wasn't Flurry's camp. That was just
0: people in Pittsburgh being idiots. They ran Flurry out of town the first time around. Well, no, not really. but, But they always, you know, ripped him until he became the underdog. And then they wanted him to start. Now they want him back. It's... Why can't we move on from this friggin' era? Be grateful for, it, but move on at long last.
1: I've endorsed that for a long time. I was really intrigued with the possibility of having that much cap space in three good years of Sidney Crosby and his line mates. That really intrigued me.
0: Yeah, now somebody reported that Sid would like to sign a three year extension, keep the whole core together for six years. My God, I mean, the core hasn't won a playoff series since 2018. Let's keep them together. Tim let's keep him together into the into the 2030s why don't we
1: well wait he can't sign an extension until the last year of his current
0: deal right well that's right but he you know he was saying how he'd like to play three more years
1: oh yeah I saw, I saw that quote I want to play six years with Tanger which is weird because you know just a couple weeks ago at the end of the regular season he said I don't want to go beyond three but now that you know that coming back he wants to go six all of a sudden
0: yeah whatever Win a playoff series shut up until you win a playoff series
1: if Malkin is coming back, he's going to need help on his wings. I know you've long said, when do we start saying, when does Gino elevate other people? But I don't know if he's capable of doing that, Mark. Is it Raquel and somebody else? Is it just Raquel? What do you think?
0: I think Raquel's been horribly overrated since he came to Pittsburgh. I, I think, you know, dating back to, you know, when he scored those 30 goal seasons for for Anaheim, that was like, what, five years ago? I don't have the numbers in front of me. But what's he done lately? He was only okay after he signed with the Penguins. No better. Nobody will ever be happy with what Geno gets in Pittsburgh. The Geno fans won't be happy, I should clarify. You know, well, you got to give Geno a better deal. Then if he gets a better deal, because I do think it's probable he stays to him, mm-hmm. that they give in on the fourth year. Then when he gets to well, who's he going to play with? Who's he going to play with? <laughs> give him Gensel. Give him rest. Not fair. Geno, 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 Geno.
1: I could see them giving him rust and then trying to find somebody else for Crosby, but I don't know who you get for Crosby that's going to be better on that line than Rust.
0: Uh, no, you play Crosby with Rust and Gensel, period. Daddy eats first. Are
1: they going to move anybody on the blue line and try to replace somebody like that with someone in the $4 million range? They should get Ian Cole. Did you hear about that? Oh my gosh, I did hear about Ian Cole. Yes, I did.
0: Ian Cole sleeping with what? The interview girl from Hurricanes Telecasts?
1: Abby Labar, I believe her name is. Yes, that yeah, was all how over Twitter. That?
0: I guess we could pretend that's never happened with, with Pittsburgh media, but uh, we would be pretending. When a woman sleeps with a man, you know, the woman's in the media, the man's in athletics, mm-hmm. it's just seen, well, you know, you can't tell her what to do. Well, of course you can. not It's horribly unprofessional. And if a male reporter slept with a female athlete, people would go nuts.
1: I just don't know what the context would be for that. Women's tennis, maybe? Like <laughs> the the WNBA? I I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, Britney Griner.
1: Oh no, I've seen you tweet about that. Um, you don't like the arms dealer for Britney Griner trade possibilities, huh? No,
0: I I just don't want to trade an international illegal arms dealer for somebody who averages X amount of rebounds per game. I I don't think the
1: cap number matches there. Do you?
0: oh god no god god it, it does not by the way the flurry thing yeah I, I love that Talbot's agent said that garen has a lot of work to do regarding the goalie situation garen says I don't have bleep to do yeah I like that camp Talbot's under contract he's on the team we're happy I don't have to do anything
1: I was impressed with Colorado getting Zagoriev I think that's an upgrade I think the Stanley Cup champions just upgraded in goal
0: uh yeah, probably a sideways move but uh I, I do like Jorge but I I'm not sure he's that much better than Kemper.
1: How about the Penguins deciding to go with a Russian goalie? I, I guess he's young and plenty of development and maybe they're banking on by the time he's ready to come to the NHL, you know, the door will be back open and it won't be that big of a deal.
0: All I know is the kid they picked. What's his name? The, the first round pick Owen Pickering. Yeah. He sounds like a, he sounds like a midfielder in the Scottish league, <laughs> uh, didn't he grow like seven inches in a year or something I'm right, like that? Yeah, I'm writing
1: about that for the Trib on Monday. He was my size three years ago. He was 5'7", 125 is what he said. And frankly, I haven't seen 125 since my sophomore year of high school. 5'7", 125 playing Bantam hockey, and now he's 6'4", 180. Yeah, I mean, good for him. I hope he keeps growing. He said that his... Um, His dad's side of the family is people who are like 6'7 and 6'9. My God, he's going to be 7'4 by the time he gets to Pittsburgh.
0: That's all right. Look how long Chara played. (laughs) Chara Chara, Chara couldn't move, hasn't been able to move the last... I mean, he's still playing, right? He was on the Capitals last year, right?
1: Yeah. Was he on LTIR by the end? I don't remember. I don't know.
0: Uh, Yeah, broken growth plates, (laughs) I, I think it was. He just kept growing. But, but, like, Char hasn't been able to move for, like, seven or eight years, but he just has such long reach.
1: Yeah, and this kid, he's one of these guys who plays now that he's bigger, like he's still got a little kid mentality in the sense that he's got offensive skills, he still jitterbugs a little bit. Like, I see there's potential there. Now, I know they left a lot of guys on the table that people thought would be better, more immediate fits, but I'll take 6'4", 180 as a defenseman that can skate and move the puck at 18.
0: Oh, no, no question. I just I just keep waiting for the headline. Penguins sell, what's his name again? Owen Owen
1: Pickering, yeah.
0: Penguins sell Pickering to Scottish Club Hibernian. We'll play center back.
1: Mark Madden from 105.9 The X. You can also read him four times a week at Trib Live. Mark O'Neill Cruz homered again, so Rookie of the Year, Candidacy, back on.
0: He got two hits, Tim. Three hits in his last two games. He is hot, hot, hot.
1: I tend to look at his numbers and see a rookie in growth and development. I don't think that's a problem, but I do get a little tired of the out-gushing contest every time he does something right.
0: Yeah, he's not ready for the major leagues. He's hitting two, what, 13 now? He never walks, never walks. And that's not a matter of just, you know, not getting on base as much as they need him to. It's a matter of him not controlling the plate. but everything's fine according to Pirate fans. They're on track to win it all.
1: That's why I was happy when the Yankees came to town for a couple days, Mark, because it was all about baseball for about forty-eight hours. It was about you know outs and hits and swings and strikes and situations mattering because the Yankees made it matter. Well, until well, the I'm fifth they, write, until the I, fifth inning of the I, second game when they were up nineteen to nothing or whatever the hell was, but yeah. I'm
0: thinking of writing a call. I'm like that. What that Van Halen guy pitched for the Pirates, the position player. What's his name? Van Meter. Van Meter, yes. Yeah, he pitched, and, and Greg Brown was was disgusted visibly on making home run calls. Yeah. I hate it when position players pitch. To me, it makes the game farcical. Use the pitcher. What are the Pirates saving pitches for? The playoffs?
1: Plus, it's hilarious that the Pirates are the only team in Major League Baseball that has a position player controversy when it comes to who's going to close a bad game. Is it going to be Castillo or Van Meter? Who gets the call today?
0: I, I say put in... Uh, Put in, uh, oh, I'm blanking on names today, Tim. Don't ever get old. The fat guy? Oh, uh, Vogelbach. I, yeah, I say put him in. Have, have him have a king in his court vibe. Have a pitch underhand. <laughs> pitch underhand, right. Yeah, exactly.
1: You just lob it up there and see what a Giancarlo Stanton does with that. Well, it's funny you say that because that Aaron Hicks guy who hit the second grand slam, he had a softball swing. Like he stopped midway through, adjusted to the pitch, and then turned outside and swung for a home run.
0: How many home runs does that fat guy have now, Vogelbach? 13 or whatever? Uh
1: it's about a dozen, yeah, I think.
0: Yeah. And I saw a picture of him on first base, and the Bruins the Brewer's first base was even fatter. Who was
1: that guy? I, I don't know his name, but I really liked that photo. It was kind of like the um kind of like the two big guys on the on the dueling bicycles.
0: No, you know what it reminded me of. Did you see the movie Kingpin? Yes. Remember when uh when Randy Quaid and Bill and uh and Woody Harrelson show up at the uh tournament in reno and and randy quay goes boy it's so intimidating to be around all these great athletes and they panned all the bowlers and they're <laughs> fat and they're eating pizza and drinking beer
1: well of course now like that's led to a conversation on twitter where you know do we have to credit them for at- their athleticism for doing what they do based on their size no they're just a bunch of big fatzos. You know what else I didn't like on Twitter today, Mark? And I don't know if this is somewhat political because everybody hates Djokovic because he was an anti-vaxxer and all that. But the crowning of this Nick Kringios guy who was the other player at the Wimbledon final who's you know, pissy and throws a hissy fit every five seconds. like Yeah, but at least he's interesting. Well, he is interesting. But is it all right to just say that he's a dink and a jerk? Like, can't we just say that?
0: We said it about Connors and McEnroe.
1: Exactly. That's my point. There was no Twitter to over-intellectualize any of this when Connors and McEnroe were I remember
0: as a kid when Connors was the douchebag for years, right? Mm -hmm. And then he's playing McEnroe and starts lecturing McEnroe on behavior. And he ultimately babyfaces himself. It was unbelievable.
1: Yeah, he totally babyfaced himself in 1989. They made a 30
0: for 30 out of it. Oh, his run at the U.S. Open. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he had kinda of turned to it by then, but it was just uh yeah, it it was I see I like that era of tennis. I oh, like it it. contrasting I loved it. personalities. Now there's no personality. And Tim, tennis has been minus personality for so long that when Yokovic and uh and Kurios come in, you know, they're seen as going too far, but they don't go nearly as far as guys like Connors and McEnroe and Nastasi did
1: you know what else is funny Mark I noticed this because I, I used to love watching tennis my dad played tennis I enjoyed watching the sport when there were personalities like you said back in the 70s and 80s I used to watch Wimbledon all the time and it struck me today it was on at the gym while I was on the treadmill and I'm looking at it and like you know how Wimbledon like the last day the court gets burned out the grass gets really burned out
0: yeah, right around the service lines, especially, the well, end line. Yeah,
1: see, that was it, is that I looked at the rest of the court, and it was almost perfect grass. It's such a power game. It's all baseline. It's all serve. It's all return of service. It used to be burned out all over the place, but you don't have
0: to go beyond the baseline anymore, you know? Oh, I, when it used to be required viewing in my house, and I used to go, my mom used to go, to the Pittsburgh Triangles World Team Tennis, mm-hmm. which was a big deal back then. They still have a semblance of the league around now, but all the best players played. The Triangles won the championship one year. We had Yvonne Goolagong, Ken Rosewell, Venus, Jerry Lites. We had all kinds of very. We had Peggy Michael, who was a, a very top women's doubles player. Like her and Goolagong won Wimbledon together one year. It was just really hot stuff to see. It was really a, 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 a tennis spectacle right here in Pittsburgh.
1: Mark, I love the fact that Baker Mayfield paid $3.5 million to get out of Cleveland. What did you think?
0: I love that uh, the Bronze are paying, uh, they, they gave Watson, what, a signing bonus of $43 million, something like that?
1: Yeah, and they're paying Baker's salary, too, practically.
0: Uh, $10.5 million. They might pay quarterbacks one quarterback 45 million or whatever it was to not play. And then Mayfield, 10.5 million to play for somebody else.
1: And, and exactly right. And they're still going to have Jacoby Brissett playing the games. That's the funny part.
0: Although I wouldn't be surprised if Watson misses minimal time, Tim, I think that's where this is all lining up. Uh, When I read the NFL report that said no proof of coercion or force existed, I said they're setting up to minimize his suspension. It'll probably be something like he gets suspended indefinitely and then gets cut back to six.
1: Mark, how was Atlantic City? How was Leonard Skinner?
0: Well, Leonard Skinner played most of the show with no original members on stage. How about that? How many are left? No, no, Gary Rossington has had some heart problems, and he still comes to the occasional show, as he did in Atlantic City, but he only plays part of the show. He only played the last two songs. He played uh, Sweet Home Alabama and Freebird. They had a guy named Damon Johnson who played with uh, Black Star Riders and, and Thin Lizzy and uh, a couple other groups, if memory serves. And he's really good. It was a really good show, but it, it's kind of disconcerting even though like Johnny Van Zant and Ricky Medlock have certainly put in the time with the revamped Leonard Skinner, you know, it's, it's like foreigner when Mick Jones doesn't play, you know, it's almost, it's, it really is like a tribute band, but you know, Leonard Skinner, it's, it's a really good group. And, uh, you know, the guys they have right now and the songbook is foolproof. So it's still well worth seeing, but you know, the first time you see foreigner with no originals, which I've seen a few times and Leonard Skinner this time, the first time with no originals, until the last two songs. I don't want to say it's that nervy or disappointing, but it is weird and different.
1: And Atlantic City treated you how, as opposed to Vegas?
0: Uh, well, I, I lost 300 in Vegas despite playing quite a bit. I played just as much, if not more, per day in Atlantic City at $125. <laughs> but I did go, I did go to my favorite restaurant, Chef at my favorite Italian restaurant anywhere. Okay. Um, and it, 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 you can't beat that place. It's just the best Italian restaurant I've ever been to anywhere. No kidding. I've been to, And I've been to restaurants in Italy. And they don't measure up? No, not the Vola. Vola is just, just incredible. Do you, have so, a go- to,
1: do you have a go-to dish there, or do you try to get everything on the menu over time?
0: Well, I, I made my server promise me. I always get veal, Parmesan, chop. Okay. And I get uh, I get Angel hair pasta with their special blush sauce, which is the best pasta sauce anywhere in the world. But I made the server tell me, next time I come in, don't let me get the veal chop because I get it every time. We'll figure out something else to go with the pasta, with the blush. But it was excellent. I love walking the boardwalk in Atlantic City, too. Uh, I went to Hooters after the Skinner concert. Uh, The problem is when you go to uh, Vola is it's your only meal of the day. You can't eat more. It's just too much.
1: Did you hear the same thing? I was told this today. The topic of Hooters came up because there's a Hooters in Montreal and all the NHL guys who went to cover the draft were talking about Hooters. Did you? Is it true that the Hooters in Western Pennsylvania largely disappeared because they were all owned by one guy in York and he tried to run some sort of scam where he only paid taxes on York's rate?
0: Uh, it's something like that. It, 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 they They closed because... Well, the one in Station Square closed because of lack of business. Yeah. The one out on, in Monrovia, like on William Penn Highway, is that where it is?
1: That's where it was, yeah.
0: Yeah, where it was. It closed because the guy uh, refused to pay his franchise fee. Oh, okay. That's what, that's right. what I was told. Hooters came in and just, just pulled the plug.
1: Was Hooters in the old Woodson's or was it adjacent to it?
0: Uh, Hooters was in the same building as the old woods.
1: Okay, yeah, because I know we did shows there. I know we did shows, lots of shows, the ones in Monroeville. I'm trying to remember where there was another one, Pleasant Hills or something like that. There oh, was
0: we a- used to have the Wing Bowl at the one in in, uh, in Monroeville. Yes, we did, yeah. That- no, that, no, there were only two Hooters, uh, Monroeville and, and Station Square. And uh, might I add that, uh, I mean, Big Shot Bob's is my favorite wing place anywhere ever, okay? Yeah. But in terms of just, Good hot wings, like emphasis on the hot. Mm -hmm. You can't beat the Hooters hot wings. They're the, they're the, they're great, basic hot wings. You didn't have a problem with the breading? No, no, no. They're one Oh one, but they're tremendous.
1: Mark Madden. You can listen to him on one Oh five, nine, the X Monday through Friday. You can listen to him on the podcast. We'll do Madden Ben's unfiltered sports talk radio host extraordinaire and an even better food critic as we find out here on the Madden Monday podcast. All right, so my thanks to Mark Madden. And again, the Penguins holding steady at plus 2,500 right now to win the Stanley Cup. Those are the only odds on the board at this point for hockey. We'll see what goes up after free agency and trades. They kick in on the 13th. So we'll have a show or two for you here on the Pittsburgh City Cast before we step away on the 15th. Uh, Thursday, the 14th, will be our last day for about a week. Then I'm taking a week off before we come back and. dive in with both feet for training camp. Still to come this week, Brian Metzer, Pittsburgh Penguins, Radio Network, Anthony Jaskulski will join us as well as we get some baseball gambling talk and offseason football. We'll talk to Jaskulski about all that and more here on the Pittsburgh CityCast brought to you by BetRivers. Download the app today or go to BetRivers.com.